you never want to eat you tell me that you're watching your waistline hello and a very warm welcome to gelato's parlor um first and foremost i must apologize because uh, I haven't done an episode since November. It's just been so busy. I got kind of snowed under at Christmas and what have you. So this is the first Gelato's Parlour for a while. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. I'd also like to wish everybody, uh, our listeners or my listeners, a very, very happy new year. And I hope 2020 this year is a good one for all of us. Um, the reason that, uh, you know, I didn't do an episode was I was very, very busy in November. I was kind of snowed under. I was in uh, the States. We went to... Birdland in New York and then uh, Philadelphia. It was a real great thrill to play over there. I really enjoyed it. Birdland was a real success and I hope I'll come back. Uh, we'll get back. But then we did a couple of couple of trips to Italy, which was lovely. And then we did Ronnie Scott's, um, which is always marvellous. And I'd just like to thank all the lovely people that continue to support us down there year after year. Because uh, we've done this for about 17, 18 years now as a residency. And it's always such a thrill to play that club. It's uh, something magical about it. It's it's, it's the, the history there and the people who have played there. It's all in the walls and in the vibe and in the atmosphere. And it's such a lovely run. Um, we did two 75 minutes a night shows, different shows. And uh, it was uh, great fun. And we, we didn't repeat the same numbers. We tried to keep it fresh. And the feedback was, was really lovely. And um, I just also would like to say that uh, we, did a, we, we had a live album on sale there. We've got a live album out now. I don't get paid for advertising on Gelato's Parlour, but I will advertise a live album. It was recorded live at The Hideaway last April, uh, uh, last April, October, as a matter of fact. And uh, you can buy it on www.raygelato.com. Now, it's a live, we put it on vinyl, a 500 uh, copy limited edition. And we haven't got a huge amount of those left. But uh, if you would like to buy that, I'll gladly sign that for you. And in my opinion, it really captures the band as it is now. You know, it's vibrant. It's got a lovely feel. We uh, we did it, you know, we, we, we mixed it down. So we got the vinyl, but we've also got a CD inside the vinyl with bonus tracks. And we've also got a CD as well, if you'd like that. So uh, I, I was really inspired by the, the live albums, you know, because when I was a kid... Um, well, I say a kid like a teenager, that um, I had some lovely live albums. I had a couple of Bill Haley live albums, one from the Hammersmith Palais, which I used to wear. The, I wore the hell out of that album playing my sax along to it. It was Bill Haley in 1974 at the Hammersmith Palais that my dad bought back because <laughs> he, he actually went to that concert. And then I had a couple of wonderful Louis Prima. I still have them, a couple of wonderful Louis Prima live albums called Live at the Sahara and Live at Lake Tahoe. <laughs> um, uh, the Sahara was in Las Vegas and, and, and uh, Tahoe was in Lake Tahoe, bit, two big gambling resorts. And what I loved about those albums, right, was the uh, the vibe of, of Louis Prima's band. You know, we had Louis Prima, you had the great sax player Sam Butera and Louis's wife at the time, Keely Smith. And you can just hear every nuance of that act, much more than you can on the records. So the records were all on Capitol, you know. And uh, they just done these couple of live albums and they were just a knockout. You know, you could hear the the uh, cassette, the gambling fruit machines rather in the background and you can hear the clinking of glasses and maybe the bartender in the background shouting and the atmosphere is great. And that is what I, you know, I don't believe in copying at all, but that flavour is what we really wanted to copy on this live album of ours. And uh, it was recorded in such a lovely club, The Hideaway in Streatham, South London, which is an amazing uh, music venue. Um, fantastic venue in that part of uh, part of the world. And um, 
I'm really pleased with the album, and uh, we've been selling quite a lot, well, a bunch of copies on the gigs, actually, which has been lovely, and it really is a, uh, I'm very proud of this album. So anyway, if you want to buy it, visit www.ragelart.com, and that was my little diatribe about live recordings. You know, also, I just want to say that um, sometimes live recordings are frowned upon in a way, and I'm not really sure why. I think there was a fashion in the 70s and 60s of live albums, but... It's almost like you know we've heard this this remark a few times in our uh, in our long career, my long career, and people have sort of said, "Well, they're a good live band," as if it's a derogative thing. Um, surely, right? The whole crux of the matter is to be able to play live. If you could play live, you could do anything. A lot of bands can't play live. They got well, they, they used to be able to, but now a lot of people, you know, artists go into the studio and it's all patched together and it's auto tuned and whatever it is, you know, and, uh, and, and and kind of dressed up. But it's not a derogative thing to be able to play live and also to be able to produce a live album, you know, with a um, few mistakes on it and, and, well, not mistakes that you're going to hear. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to be able to do that properly is an achievement and, and the whole band has to be uh, pretty accomplished musicians to be able to do that. So, you know, once again, I am I am proud of that. So basically, right, for New Year, I did, it was the first time... Sorry, I'm just going to diverse a little bit because this podcast is really a a bit of a miscellaneous kind of, um, you know, ramblings of mine uh, because I haven't really got anything specific to talk about. But it's nice just to tell you what we've been up to. And um, so I didn't have a gig. I used to do Ronnie Scott's every year uh, along with the rest of the Christmas run. And then they decided to go a different way, which, you know, I, I don't blame them. It was it's always good to shake things up and make it fresh but um this was the first year for a while that I or many years really that I hadn't had a new year's gig and um I kind of like missed being with the guys in a way missed being with my second family but I was with my real family I was with my my wife and daughter and we decided to go to the um Tutankhamun exhibit Tutankhamun exhibition at the Saatchi gallery and I'll tell you what that was spectacular it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen um some of those artifacts that were there they looked like they could have been made yesterday in fact, maybe they were made yesterday in a market in a factory in Cairo. <laughs> I'm only kidding, but they really do look incredible. The gold leaf and all these spectacular statues, and what this guy Lord Carnarvon must have found when they when they um, discovered the entrance to this tomb. And it was like a uh, one of those Russian dolls where there was layer after layer after layer, and the more you got through the layers, the more these uh, that Carnarvon and his uh, team saw with these incredibly preserved artifacts you know what what i thought was was lovely was there was a couple of tables and all these sort of things and they literally looked so the craftsmanship for for this from this ancient civilization was absolutely incredible and and the way it's lasted thousands of years and it was the intricacy and the beauty uh, it really was mind-blowing for me but uh, I, I did kind of think that, that nowadays they can't even make a dishwasher that works properly. I think I've had mine for a year and I've got to rinse the bloody plates completely. I might as well wash them up because you put them in and it, it jams the thing up. So <laughs> I guess things back then, they really knew how to do it, which was quite funny. But anyway, so we had a great New Year's and, uh, you know, a nice relaxing time and uh, whatever at this exhibition and with the family. But um, I'm just going to end this podcast because it's a it's a pretty short one. I wanted to tell you, I want to start a little series as well about more stories from the road on what's happened in... Um, in our career and my career, you know, over the past 30 years or whatever it is. And I've got a bunch of stories. I think some of them are a little spicy to possibly tell on here. But I just want to really um, finish off this podcast with, uh, with, with, with one that did happen to us. And this was in, now let me think, it was late 90s, around 1998, 1999. And um, 
we actually toured America. We did a tour of the States, and I'll tell you how. And when I go to America now, I've just you know mentioned I was at Birdland. When I go to the States now, I can't take my band. It's just too expensive with the, with the transportation and the uh, the visas and this kind of thing. But uh, it, it, back back then, I could I, so I use an American band. Basically, I take out Gunter Kordmeier, our wonderful piano player, my dear friend, and he's my kind of right hand man and the musical director. And then we use a lovely band out there called the City Rhythm Orchestra. But the days of using my own band out there, it's 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 over. But we, we managed to do that in the 90s because there was a big swing revival. You know, the swing music was in all these movies like The Mask and uh, Swingers, that film, and Brian Setzer of The Stray Cats was riding high with a big band and all these bands like Royal Crown Review and Cherry Popping Daddies. But your your Uncle Ray was doing it before them. You know, I, I really was. Back, you know, we I, I guess my our band, which was the Chevalier Brothers at the time, almost paved the way for that swing revival. Um, I'm not blowing our trumpet, but I, I really believe that to be the case. And people have told me that they were sort of influenced by us as we are influenced by, you know, the greats like Lionel Hampton and Louis Jordan and Prima and these kind of people. But anyway, I'm, I'm uh, get back to the point. We did this tour on the back of this swing revival because we had a, we had uh, the song You Want to Be Americano, Tour File Americano, on a big commercial for Levi's. They used my version of that one uh, and, and me singing. So... Um, that got us a little bit of fame on the back of this swing revival. So because of that, and we had some tracks on compilation albums and a couple of things in movies um, around that time, because everybody was looking for the swing, you know. Um, so we got out, we, that's how we got out there on tour and we took the band. Now, we didn't really make money. I think we were relying on CD sales and whatever. But I'll never forget, we had an incredible time. And we, we played uh, the Boardwalk Empire in, in, in the, the Boardwalk, uh, not Empire, that's the thing, I'm sorry. The um, the, the Boardwalk Nightclub in, in Disneyland, uh, Florida, Orlando, which was great. And we did a tour. Let me think where we went. So we did a few things in Florida, Clearwater, Tampa. And we went down to uh, Chicago, and that's where our story begins. Because we, um, this uh, funny, ridiculous story, really, started in this place called Naperville. So we we check into this place in Naperville, and it was uh, just outside of Chicago. And we had a gig in it somewhere in um, the the, out, the suburbs of this Naperville, wherever it was. I can't quite remember. But uh, the the funny thing was, we check into this motel called the Stardust Motel, and it had one of those old faded neon signs outside that said Stardust Motel. Half the light bulbs weren't working. And I remember having an old Bakelite kind of telephone by my bed, and the sheets were a bit manky, and it wasn't really a nice place. It was a uncomfortable kind of room, and uh, very old and very faded and um, not really nice. And when you're on the road... You do want a nice hotel, but I didn't really like this place. And um, so, so we, we, we checked in. And it was one of those motels, right, with the door. that, oh, that, that you, you open the door, basically. You've got no lounge or anything. And you, you've got a bedroom, the door, and then the street, the corridor. You know, those American kind of motels. Um, so we parked our van outside. we probably been having a drink the night before. And we, we checked in. So I go up in the morning. Now, our customary thing in the morning was I'd knock on a few of the guys' doors, right, because they were pretty close next door to me, and see if we wanted to go to a diner in the morning, like a Denny's or a, a real old-fashioned American diner. So this one morning, I'd got up, I'd taken a shower, got myself cleaned up, and couldn't wait to get out of this room because it was kind of creepy and like a David Lynch film. It really was like one of these old motels in a David Lynch, one of these surreal eraser-head kind of movies, and it was just nasty. I, I didn't like the atmosphere there at all. But things got worse. They really got worse. And this is a bit of a strange tale, but um, I hope you'll bear with me. And uh, it's all true. So I walk out the room, right, and I'm going to knock on a couple of the guys' doors. 
and I see this guy on the corridor with the with the carpets and all this sort of stuff. Uh, this dishevelled kind of looking guy, not not that old. And what he was doing, you wouldn't believe it. He was squatting down, and he pulled his trousers and pants down, and for want of a better word, he was laying a cable right in front of me on the thing. I couldn't believe it. So he looked round to me, and all I could think of saying was, and he he was he was basically taking a poo on the on the floor, the carpet of the hotel corridor. And I was, <laughs> I just all I could think, what the are you doing it's all i could think of saying he turned around pulled up his trouser pads went i'm sorry man i'm sorry i'm sorry and he ran and in that moment the piano player come out and he said to me ray what's going on what the hell's this and he kind of saw so this guy run down the stairs as quick as he could got in an old pickup truck and sped off down the highway after defecating on the carpet of the hotel but it was the most weird i mean like you talk about a david lynch movie i was like it was so weird so we, I told the guys in the band, and they really couldn't believe it. And we told the, um, we told the lady on the, uh, on the, 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 the reception. She was an elderly lady, and we, and we said, "What the hell? What kind of place is this?" She went, "I've never heard of that in my life. I can't believe it." And she was incredulous. She says, "I can't believe it," you know. And we didn't get his registration. So forevermore on that tour, it was referred to as the drive-by shitting. <laughs> Sorry. And that's like part of the Rachel Arto band's folklore, the drive-by shitting. So I'm really sorry to end with this story, but it was it was hilarious, surreal, and absolutely bizarre. And I, God knows what this guy was doing, because there was certainly toilets if the people, someone had asked, he'd asked the reception, but it was some kind of sick thing, I don't know. So it was the drive-by, I can't say it again, because I might get shut down. Anyway, uh, I hope you continue listening to Gelato's Parlour. This one's a bit of a rambling one, but it's quite a laugh, and I hope you enjoy it. There'll be more with Tales on the Road, and I'll try to get some interesting guests on and that kind of thing. And if you like it, do me a favour. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you can do a little subscription. And also, would you mind writing a little review if you've enjoyed it as well? Because it's quite easy to do on Apple. Apple Podcasts is a good place to listen. But you can also listen to these now on Spotify and also on YouTube. YouTube, Ray Gelato's um, account, you can listen on there. So Apple, Apple, uh, Spotify, YouTube, and you take care of yourselves. It's been an absolute pleasure and can't wait to speak to you again. I'll try to do one uh, in the next few weeks. This is Ray Gelato signing off from Gelato's Parlour. <laughs>